Good morning, everybody. Oh, I am excited to be here today. Yes? Oh, I see new faces. Is it this summer? Is everybody on vacation too? Every week we're like hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss. I see so many new faces though. Um, It's pretty exciting. And I know there's people online too. We've got quite a few people that watch us online now. Um, If you're new, I told the guys to leave this up. Chris, you did that big thing a while back. I told you guys four square church. You know, some people are like, what's the four square church? Are you guys holy rollers? Is the four square church like, are you guys weird? Do you dance around with snakes? You you, You know, I grew up in a conservative Baptist church. So, you know, anything that wasn't Baptist church, you kind of, the Baptist church looks at it like, what are they doing over there? You know? The four square church, this is our, this is our four square emblem and uh, what it is is Jesus Savior, Jesus our healer, Jesus our baptizer and Holy Spirit and Jesus our coming king. That's what we believe. And we believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forevermore and if Jesus was healing people 2,000 years ago, then he can heal people today. Amen. Well Chris, how come he doesn't heal? You know, sometimes we pray for healing to be done and just like he prayed for the cup to be passed in Gethsemane, sometimes it's just not God's will. I don't, I don't, you know, I can't explain it to you. But sometimes he does. He heals. Well, you guys say that God heals, Chris, but, but I prayed for healing in this life. Well, you know, everybody that Jesus healed, they died. At 70, 75, 82, I don't know, but they did. There, I answered all your questions. Come back next Sunday. What's in a name? Anybody have a special name? Our two daughters' names are spelled really special. You can't find a little key tag with their names. Drives them crazy. Right? Look at her. She's not on her head. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, what's in a name? My name is Chris, right? But when I was born, it was a given name of Christopher. The name Christopher means bearer of Christ. Here I am bearing Christ later in life. I didn't realize the putting the pieces together that that's one day what I would be doing. But that's what my name means. And did you know that pretty much every name has a meaning of some sort? Yeah, right? Your name has a meaning. It has some sort of importance, right? What's in the name? You know, uh, oh, I love this picture that we did here. This is going to be Jacob and his family. And can anybody tell me who the woman is on the far left who looks not happy? That's actually Rachel. Because he loved Rachel, but Leah was the first wife given to him, and Leah was the one who had the children first. So that's Leah with her family, and Rachel who's upset about not having any kids yet. We're going to read it today. And what's in the name? I make a sermon out of a lot of stuff, you guys. I was joking with the kids last night, I'm like, or this morning. I said, I said, this is one of those things, portions of scripture that we're reading today in the life of Jacob, where it's, it's all about names and a genealogy really quick, but I'm going to make a sermon out of it. And I've done a pretty darn good job. We were talking about it last night. I said, I said, I remember when Pastor Mark challenged me with, can you do like a three-week series, because I'm going to be doing this and traveling. He's like, it's a little different than doing a two-week series. You know, in a single sermon, it's easy to get up here and just do something, right? You can come up here and say something for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It's not too bad. 
carry it over into two weeks, no problem. Now, come up with something and do it over a three-week period. I'm like, ooh, challenging. But we've been in this Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob series since January 9th, I think so. So we're, we're, we're cruising along. It's turned into a 26, seven-week series so far. Um, we're moving along. Remember I talked about some of these things over the last few weeks, family rivalries, family preference, favoritism. Everybody remember favoritism. Okay, I'm going to ask this question since I see so many new faces. Do we remember the jealousy that took place between Sarah and Hagar? Do you remember that? She mistreated Hagar and wanted her gone, yes? And her child later too. She wanted the child gone too. Both of which were her original ideas. I can't have kids. Here's Hagar. Give me a child through Hagar. Abraham did it as his wife asked. He did. She had a baby, and Sarah despised the woman and despised the baby that she asked for. Anybody do that? Where's my, I want this, and then we complain about it later? What a normal human reaction, right? She saw that she was without child, offered Hagar to bear her son, and later this is what happened. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. Now you remember I told you that Ishmael is today the genealogy of your modern day Muslim faith. You remember I taught you guys this. The Muslim faith comes from the seed of Ishmael. And you remember last week I talked about Esau when he went to try to please his father and Jacob had... Jacob was going to do what was asked through Rebecca and Isaac, which was don't marry a woman from this land. You're going to go to the, to the land of my family, and you're going to find somebody there to marry. And Esau heard it, and he's like, I married the wrong women, because remember, he married Canaanites. And what did he do to try to make it right? He married an Ishmaelite. So when I pointed out to you, the unchosen son went and chose a spouse to make it right from the unchosen line of Ishmael. Wow, he had it all figured out. Right? Remember I talked about that. So, getting back to favoritism here. Do we remember when I told you guys the favorite child syndrome? Remember I asked this. Anyone know a favorite? Hands up. You know a favorite. I see no hands. Okay. Is anyone here the favorite? See a lot of hands with some faces, right? Okay, I get it. It was going to keep going here. Is anyone here not a favorite? Oh, okay. How about this one? How about you're a favorite of a certain parent? 
Now I'm going to flip it on you. What about those that wish it was the other parent that they were a favorite to? Okay? There's a lot of different dynamics here that play out in parental favoritism. And it exists. It's real. It goes on in every family dynamic. Bibi and I have a large blended family, and it is very difficult to not create favoritism. It is extremely difficult to not create favoritism. And I think that we do a decent job of sharing the love. I think every one of our kids knows they are special to us. And that is what is most important, right? But some of these stories in the Bible here we're reading as we're cruising along, and this is where it all starts, guys. We're in the beginning. There's some strange dynamics that go on that make people feel unloved, not important, not blessed. You remember I talked about the spiritual and physical fragmentation that occurred in Isaac's family just recently. And remember I pointed out, all parties were to blame, not just Jacob, not just Rebecca. All parties were to blame. Isaac knew the prophecy was over Jacob, but he didn't care. Esau knew he'd sold his birthright, but he didn't care. Rebecca wanted to have Jacob deceive his dad, and Jacob did it. All parties were to blame. You ever see an unhealthy spiritual family dynamic going on in your own home where everybody's to blame? Every time I'm upset at somebody or I have a resentment or a regret, every time I analyze it to the core, I'm at the core of it. It's true. I'm mad at that person. Why? Because of this. And when I look at what this is, I find somewhere that I've created the this to happen. I'm the one. I've said something. I've done something. I've created it to happen. Remember this. Isaac loved Esau, right? Isaac loved Esau. He was a hunter, strong. That was his favorite son. Remember we talked about this and pointed out how this must have made Jacob feel. Right? How does that make you feel? Bad. Now today, Jacob's going to find himself at the center of an affection war. Yeah? An affection war. You're going to see today why polygamy is not a good thing. Totally not a good thing. One man, one woman, that's it. That dynamic works. There's some cheaters in the world. There's some illegitimate children in the world. There's some unplanned children in the world. One man, one woman, this is the way it should be. And there's good reason for it. Read it today. So this story is a little different. This story somewhat parallels the story of Abraham and Sarah in the fact that Sarah was barren. You remember this? Sarah was barren. Who did... Jacob loved, he loved Rachel. And who did his uncle Laban give him when he got married? He gave him Leah. And Jacob was not happy. He just got burned. However, he just burned his brother, right? 
Remember, I told you guys last week, Jacob found his discipline in Laban. He met his match. He was deceived. Not all bad deeds go unpunished. So in the story, we're going to see how Jacob loved and favored one wife over the other. Okay, you're going to see this today. We're also going to see that God had a plan for the future of all the children from both wives. There was a plan for every one of these child. Doesn't matter who Jacob loved. This was God's plan. And it was in Jacob's seed, coming from Abraham's seed. Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob. Now Jacob is going to bear 11 children in this story, not 12. The last son, Benjamin, is going to come much later. But 11 children are going to be born today, who will later be the 11, 12 tribes of Israel. Because Jacob will be renamed Israel shortly in the near future here, right? If you didn't know that, here's your history lesson for the day. You're like, I've always heard this 12 tribes of Israel thing. I don't get it. You get it now. So, let's dive into this scripture. So we're in Genesis 29. I'm reading from verse 31, and I'm going through 30, verse 24. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, his first wife, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now therefore, my husband will love me. Did he love her after that? No. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved. He has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Now remember, therefore his name was called Levi. Now remember, Jacob's been promised to have these children. The same thing I told you guys in Jacob and Esau's story. It was prophesied to Rebekah that the younger son would rule the older son. The older shall serve the younger, right? I told you this. You've got to read between the lines. The late night pillow talk, the husband and wife time, the walking through the desert, holding hands. This conversation's come up many times. So... Jacob shows up there. You think he hasn't told them who he is, what's going on? Remember, Laban, who's given these daughters to him, was also there when the servant came to get Isaac's wife. Laban, that's his sister, right? Jacob's mother is Laban's sister. So Laban's already heard this story about, you know, you're going to inherit the earth, and you're going to have these nations behind you, right? This is all circulating news. So here's Rachel's had three kids, right? She feels these kids are blessed. They're a part of this promise, the seed, right? They are. But she still feels unloved. So therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Ever read the Bible? You know that name. Tribe of Judah, right? Now, I'm going to pause you right there. 
She just had four children. So you remember my picture that I put up at the beginning showed the man next to the woman with the four children and the unhappy woman. You see, there's those four children right there. I love these little cartoon illustrated things I find for my sermons. Some of them are a little blah, blah, Chris, what was that? I couldn't even tell. But this is, this is your picture right here. Now you're unhappy. It says, then she stopped bearing. Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. This is the woman he loves. Buy me this purse or I'm going to treat you bad for the rest of the month. Buy me this purse or I'm leaving you. I don't know, it's just a, my wife's laughing. She's got a lot of purses. Come on, women. How about some ultimatums? How many women give ultimatums? Hands up. No, I'm just kidding. Keep your hands down. I want to see a bunch of scared men like, right? She created this ultimatum. Give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel. How many people get mad at your wife when she creates an ultimatum? I said I would do it three times. You don't have to ask me. It's been three months. Where's my real man? I'm going to get us in trouble too. Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel and he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Does this story look familiar? So she said, Here is my maid, Bilhah. Go into her and she will bear a child on my knees that I may also have children by her. Remind you of the story with Sarah and Hagar? Bingo. I can't have kids. Here, here's my bondservant woman. We're not going to get into this. It's not going to get in the story that there's some displeasing going on. There's some envy, some hate, some jealousy. Read between the lines. Trust me. Let's look at a world, real case scenario. I always love to read the Bible and apply it in my life. And think this through. Think this through. Tell me this wouldn't ruin your marriage in 2022. You and your wife have been married for five years. You guys can't have kids. And your wife says, even in a different way, not here's my friend, but let's do this, you know, procedure where they terminate the, you know, do the eggs and here's my friend's willing to do it and she's going to surrogate for us for nine months. And then that person's always going to be involved after that. You think that's not going to create a strain on your marriage, your relationships, and your friendships with that dynamic forever? I guarantee it. Guarantee it. That's a, that's a today modern case scenario. Now, this was a little different. There was no such thing as a surrogate. Okay, right? This was going to create another problem. So... Then she gave him Bilhah as her maid, as wife, and Jacob went into her, and Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. 
Then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice and given me a son. So she's naming the child. Her maid's child, she's naming it. Therefore she called his name Dan. And Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again. So now it's twice. Twice. And bore Jacob a second son. Then, Jake, then Rachel said, with great wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, a troop comes. So she called his name Gad. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, I am happy, for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called his name Asher. Now Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field. I'll tell you a little bit about them in our notes later. And brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, it is, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore, he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came out in the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come over here with me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. There is a strange dynamic going on here. Okay? And he lay with her that night, and God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. This is strange stuff. Okay, this is not the way we do things today. So she called his name Issachar. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. At six kids, she still feels unloved. So she called his name Zebulun. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and called her name Dina. Then God remembered Rachel. After all this time, then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son, my favorite of the 12, and said, God has taken, I have my favorites. God has taken away my reproach, so she called his name Joseph. And said, the Lord shall add to me another son. That's what she called him, Joseph. The Lord shall add to me another son. And later he will. A few chapters from now, that son will be Benjamin. So let's get into these notes so I can get you guys all home for lunch. And, you know, I know you want to go to Sizzler or Pete's or Taco Bell or sandwiches. I don't know what you want to do. Sushi, Makunis. Anybody, everybody just get hungry? Jack in the box. I love Jack in the box. 12 tacos, please. All right, let's, let's look at these notes. Bullet point one that happens in this story. The desire for affection and approval often leads down dangerous paths. Yes? People do some crazy things when they don't feel loved. Both women. Every child she tried to have, it was just to please her husband. Not for any other reason. 
And then they're all giving away their maids and doing everything they can to get Jacob's love. That's all both women wanted. Both women. And remember, Jacob got mad at Rachel. So both of these women are searching for that affection. The desire for affection and approval often leads down dangerous paths. Bullet point A, Jacob still sowed some bitterness in his own discipline. Jacob was not happy that this, that this happened to him. You remember, he's gone there, he's fallen in love with the woman at the well, she's the one, man. She's the one. I saw Bibi, I said, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She's not going to have anything to do with me. Here we are. I literally said that in my head. That's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And she's going to have nothing to do with me. I met Bibi, I talked about Jesus that day. And at the end of the day, I was getting ready to leave. And instead of asking her for her phone number, which that's what most of us cheesy guys do, I said, here's my number. Give me a call if you ever want to talk. And I left. We didn't even live in the same area. Like, it was a random chance. That woman called me two hours later. <laughs> Woo! The most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She'll have nothing to do with me. That's what I said. That's what Jacob said when he saw Rachel. That's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I want her. And he got burned. And he was bitter. He was bitter. He was cold and unaffectionate to Leah. Yes? The story repeats it over and over and over in every instance where she names a child about the fact that she's not loved. And she just wants to be loved by her husband. So he is bitter. And it, it is between the lines that you read in the names of these children and the way she felt with each childbirth that she was unloved, that Jacob was cold and unaffectionate to her. Here's a good one. God and Leah were, were aware of it. God and Leah were well aware of it. God's aware of all of it. And Leah was aware of it. You read it in every way she named her child. She was aware that she was not loved, at the sixth child, she said, now my husband will, now my husband's going to love me. Now. Let's go and let's get into some of these names here. The first four births were out of sadness. Sadness. For real. Read it. It's there. I told you I'd make a sermon out of this stuff. Sadness. Reuben. The Lord has seen my affliction. The Lord has seen my affliction. Simeon, because the Lord heard that I am unloved. What's your name? My name is Simeon. It means because the Lord heard that I was unloved. That's sad. Levi, in hope her husband would attach to her. What's your name? My name's Levi. It means I hope that the Lord, that my husband will attach to me. That's sad. My name means bearer of Christ. It's kind of cool. Your name means something real sad. And here's the best part. People name their children these things today. They're like, it's a biblical name. Judah. Judah, her consolation prize. Let the Lord be praised. Judah, 
Now you can, uh, Judah would be a great name for a kid. Let the Lord be praised. Why? Because she's had four kids and she thinks still that this is the consolation prize. I've borne my husband four children. Let the Lord be praised. Judah. Why? Because now my husband's going to love me. First four names born out of, named out of sadness. This is a sad story of a sad, unloved woman. Moving on to Rachel. Rachel felt wronged over her barrenness, just like Sarah did. Rachel, Rachel felt wronged because she was the one the husband loved, and she knew that, right? Her husband desired her. He desired her time, her beauty, her inner workings. He desired her. He wanted to be her husband, and she couldn't have kids. Her efforts mimicked that of Sarah. I'm jealous of my sister. Here's my maidservant. I need kids in order so that, so that my husband will love me. The desire for affection and approval often leads down dangerous paths. She wanted her husband to love her. Because being who she was wasn't enough, was it? I can't have kids. My husband's not going to love me. Here's my maid. And that maid bore two children. Here we go. Her maid servant was given to Jacob. That was her effort to mimic that of Sarah. That's how desperate she also was for her husband's affection. And what did she name the first kid? Dan. God has vindicated me. God has vindicated me. Why? Because she felt under the foot of her sister. And she felt unloved and unhappy. She was not the favorite in her mind. Neither of them were. Naphtali. What's your name? Naphtali. What does it mean? With great wrestlings I have prevailed. Over who? My sister. Can't stand her. She got everything. She went to school. Got a cool husband. Got a good job. With great wrestlings, I have prevailed. Did she? No. What was Leah's response to Rachel doing these things? Leah's response, here's my maidservant. There's a war going on for this man. There is a war going on. There are six children born to this man, and they are not done fighting over who's going to be loved. Six children. Leah feels so unloved. She gave four kids already. Rachel, her sister, still can't have kids, but even though she had two that were illegitimate, she now had to top that. She now had to top that. The four she gave were not enough in her eyes. There's a war going on here. Gad, what did it mean? Fortune. Asher, what did it mean? Blessing. My fortune. My blessing. I will prevail over my sister who thinks she has prevailed. Right? So she has two more kids through a maidservant. Leah saw that with God's help, she was prospering. That is how Leah saw it. 
Gad, fortune. Asher, blessing. With God's help, she was prevailing. So, what happened next? Then Leah hired Jacob and bore another son and named him Issachar. Right? She hired Jacob. And that was because of my wages. Lastly, Zebulun was born to Leah. Now, Leah's born six children. Six children, two through a bondservant, that makes eight. Rachel's given two children through a bondservant, that makes ten. There's two children missing. One more is going to come in the end here, and the next one down the road in a few chapters, right? Lastly, Zebulun was born to Leah. His name meant he was a gift, and her husband would show her honor. At six children, she still didn't feel the love and affection of her husband who had been promised blessings through God to have the seeds that were going to basically rule the nations and that they would be as endless as the seashore, the same promise to Abraham, passed to Isaac, passed to Jacob. And here she is, she's born him six children, and she still does not feel loved, and she still does not feel it's enough. Every name she gave her child shows that this is how she felt. Let's move into number five so I can send you guys home. Finally, God gave Rachel a son. Finally. This is ten kids later. He's had ten kids. And Rachel's still desperate. Okay? She's still desperate. What happened? Joseph was born, but not by the mandrakes. Told you I'd talk about these mandrakes. Joseph was born, but not by the mandrakes. You remember when she wanted to buy the mandrakes? Or she wanted the mandrakes? Okay. Mandrakes were considered an aphrodisiac at that time. I've never had a mandrake, nor do I want to now. But this is what I found in my study. Mandrake was considered an aphrodisiac. So mandrake was like having three glasses of wine. In other words... Right? So, she hoped that she was going to get a little tipsy with her and her husband and that she was going to have a kid. That was her goal. Can I have your son's mandrakes? No, you can't have his mandrakes. I'll buy. You can go be with your husband. You get him tonight. You can buy him. Just give me the mandrakes. You can have him. And they made a deal. And then Leah had more kids. And the mandrakes didn't work for Rachel. But that was the intention behind the mandrakes. You've got to read between the lines in these stories, guys. Joseph's birth shows that children's births are a gift of God, not to be manipulated by people. Amen? Joseph's birth shows that children's births are a gift of God, not to be manipulated by people. Spoiler alert. All these children, including young Benjamin and Isaac, they're all going to be starving later. And they will, all these children will have betrayed one. And that one will be their savior. Young Joseph here. Cannot wait to get to that. I can't wait. Finally, Rachel set her faith on God to provide for her a second child. Do you know what she said with Joseph? 
the Lord shall add to me another son. She put her faith in God in that moment when she had that first child. She had that first child, and then her faith went to God instead of trying to do it all the other ways. Remember Abraham and Sarah, they tried it another way. All, both of these women have tried it another way, and when she finally had her first son done by God's gift, not by any manipulation, she realized she could set her faith in God to give her a second son. And that was what she said. I'll read it to you again. God has taken away my reproach, so she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. The Lord shall add to me another son. Not me, not Jacob, not the mandrakes, not anything. The Lord shall add to me another son. That was a faithful statement. This portion of scripture is a narrative pointing out the puns on Jacob's son's names, right? That's some crazy names. This is a crazy story. A story of two unloved women by a bitter husband who was not happy that he got burned and put in 14 to 20 years of work. Don't forget, that's what's really happening here. And with all these children being born, that's all this time is passing because we know kids take at least nine months. And remember, he'd served seven years for the first wife, got the wrong wife, then said, I didn't, you gave me the wrong, this is, this is the bunk product. This is not what I bought for seven years. He despised her. Each name was interpreted by Leah or Rachel to reflect dysfunctional family conditions at the price of saying their children were testimonies to God as the giver of life. Wow, Chris, that was a lot. I know, when I wrote it down, it was a lot. I'll read it slowly. Each name was interpreted by Leah or Rachel to reflect dysfunctional family conditions at the price of saying their children were testimonies to God as the giver of life. Each one they bore, they were like, God has been good to me. This is so-and-so. It means I'm unloved. Thanks be to God. That, that, that's what happened through this whole story. They gave glory to God. They said God was the giver of all these children. They acknowledged that. God has seen my afflictions. God has vindicated me. God is this. God is that. Over and over. I like when I wrote that. It's made so much sense to me. I'm going to read it again. Each name was interpreted to reflect dysfunctional family conditions at the price of saying the children were testimonies to God as the giver of life. It's a lot to swallow. This passage also shows how God prospered Jacob. Remember, this was the whole promise. So now let's get back to the, to the reality here. This is what was supposed to happen. All this craziness. This passage showed how God prospered Jacob and started to make him a great nation. That was the promise. Abraham, who was promised, the original promise, had two sons. And only one got the real blessing. Isaac, the one with the blessing, also had two sons. And the blessing only went to one. Jacob's going to have 12. The prosperous nations of Israel happens through Jacob, of Jacob. It is Jacob. He will be renamed Israel. This passage showed how God prospered Jacob and started to make him a great nation. But through some serious dysfunction here. To the later nation of Israel, the rivalry that appears here explains much of the tribal rivalry that follows in the future. 
I wrote, these were my, these were my notes. I wrote this stuff down. I'm like, ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's good. Okay. It's clear over and over to me, God uses and blesses whom he chooses. Originally, God didn't choose the firstborn. Ishmael, Isaac, Esau, and Jacob. God sometimes chooses the one not favored. Isaac, Isaac favored Esau. Hey, David, the son of Jesse, he wasn't favored. And today, God used the despised. Today, in this story, God used the despised mother. God chose the despised mother and exalted her to be the first mother. What do you mean, Chris? Well, the kingly tribe of Judah and priestly tribe of Levi trace back to her. Yes, she is the mother of Judah and the mother of Levi. Remember, I've pointed out the dysfunction of where the line of Jesus comes from. You got David. He commits this atrocity of sin. Takes this woman to be his wife. Has her husband killed. They have a baby. It dies. Punishment. Second baby, Solomon. Bloodline of Joseph, the carpenter. Father of Jesus. These are the things that we find in the Bible. God takes unlikely stories unfallen heroes, people who make mistakes, despised, unloved, unfavored, and God uses them. Yes? yes? Anybody feel like that sometimes? It's okay. I don't sit here and preach prosper and you're gonna walk on water and your life's gonna be fantastic. Uh, this is reality for me. Reality is that life sucks sometimes. And life's hard sometimes. And life doesn't make sense sometimes. But at the end, all this came together and made perfect sense. We will soon see that God will choose Joseph as well. And he will be used in a mighty way. And he will be your first image of the coming Savior in the Bible. Moses will be your next. Joseph is your first image of Jesus in the Bible. And Moses will be the second. We should be there by end of 23. <laughs> Keep coming back next Sunday. It gets good. Watch online if you must. Uh, I want to just, we're going to close real quick. I want to push uh, the baptism, guys. The sign-up sheets are there. Poor planning on Pastor Chris. The sign-up sheets are there. Effective mid-service today. Please do not leave here without putting your name down on those sheets, because guess what? Once you go out those doors and go home today, we don't know you're coming. We don't know if you're bringing chips, soda, napkins, an extra kid, nothing. We don't know anything. We need to know these things. The sign-up sheets are there. I want to see that table full before you leave here today. I need to know who's coming, who's, getting, who, who's taking the plunge. I know one. But I need to know. We got to know these things. I want to prepare. I got to plan. Who's going to assist me in the water? You know? Some of us are big guys. You put a big guy down on the water, I'm going to need help. So we got to get all this planned out, guys. I'm really looking forward to next week. I'm really, really excited. So for those of you who were there last year, it was an amazing time. This year, it's going to be an amazing time. It was, yeah, we had a great time. So we're going to do our normal thing. We're going to be here. I'm going to be, my goal is to be done at 11. It's 11... 
It's 11.05. My goal next Sunday is to be done at 11. That'll give these guys about an hour worth of time to close up, get their stuff, do this. We're going to meet at my house between 12 and 12.30. If you do not have my address, do not leave here today without it. I'm not going anywhere yet. I'm going to be here for about 10 minutes right now. We do have our kids here, and we're going to Lake Tahoe for a lunch dinner right now. So we are getting out of here, but I'm not going to leave just yet. If you need to know where I live, you need to come and get my address before I leave. Okay, you, you must. you got to get on this sign-up, guys. We need to know who's coming. We need to know what's going on. So I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to next week. I don't think I have anything else, so let's pray. Father, Father, I just thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you that you're so good, Lord. I thank you that, that you, you get us through every day, Lord. I thank, you that, I thank you, Lord, that sometimes things don't make sense, Lord. And we see it in this story, Lord. And we see that there's unlove. And we see that there's, there's, there's a lack of affection, Lord. And we see that just, it just it didn't feel right. But in the end, you make all things right. You can take a negative and make it a right. You can take a wrong and make it a right. We've talked about this over and over, Lord. So, Lord, we lift you up. This is your house. This is your church family. This is your message. This is everything you're doing. We're just here going for the ride. We're going to leave you in control. We're going to come back next Sunday, and we're looking forward to what you're going to do. We thank you in advance. I thank you for the baptisms upcoming. I thank you for everything that we're going to do the rest of this year. I thank you for what you've done in this church alone just in the last seven months, Lord. In the last seven months, Lord, since you put me right here, Lord, I thank you for what I have seen happen here. I am so grateful, Lord. And I just, I just thank you in advance for what you're going to continue to do. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, off to Tahoe.